Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You're listening to The Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio on WGR Sports Radio 550. Who needs the Pro Bowl when you can golf in the Pro-Am? Josh Allen. Golfing in the Pro-Am. Did you see his, uh, the lineup there? Did you see that at all, Josh? No, not yet. He is, and I get. I have to go back here and find this again. He's got a, he's got a, he's, uh, a bit of a Keegan Bradley, I think it is, he's golfing with. Ooh, okay. Yeah. That's fun. I found that I had it here somewhere. Now I can't find it anymore, but pretty cool. I mean, isn't it kind of funny that immediately it's like he there was never even a thought. It seemed like I mean, maybe they went to him, but Gardner Minshew is going to the Pro Bowl. I mean, Pebble Beach over the Pro Bowl. I I would choose yes! Pebble Beach. Like, come on. What once, are we doing? And it's not even one, a Pro Bowl game anymore. It's just a bunch of games. Right. Like once you bend to one, I feel like you could just kind of be like, all right, cool. I'm going to go play golf with some professionals and, you know. Have a good time in the offseason. All right, let's see. Here we go. Josh Allen, hold on. Here is the official pairings of the Pro-Am. Josh Allen. Oh, let's see. We got some names here. All right. Um, here's the Pro and Amateur group. Let's find out a few of these. Greg John, John, Egan, Doug McKenzie, Alex Smith with McKenzie Hughes. Josh Allen with, I'm sorry, with Keith Mitchell. Oh, yeah, Keegan Bradley with Tom Brady. Keith Mitchell and Josh Allen all together. That's the group. How about that? That's the foursome. Wow. Bradley, Brady, Mitchell, and Allen, if I'm reading this correctly. That's what it is. Wow. That'd be a golf cart to be in. <laughs> yes. It's going to be cool. So we'll keep on top of that and watch how well Josh Allen does at the Pro-Am, but he's not going to be going to the Pro Bowl. This weekend, you have the NHL All-Star Skills Competition as well. That's Friday night in Toronto. And then the game on Saturday, apparently they're changing like the way they do the skills competition. I'm not exactly sure how they're changing it exactly, but I believe it's something along the lines of only 12 guys in eight different competitions competing against each other. Something like that. So whatever they're actually doing um, should be interesting. Do you watch the NHL skills competition? I used to, and I've gotten away from it in recent years. Um, I'll have to check out the changes they made because I'm not 100% sure what the changes are either, but I used to watch it all the time. I loved Hardest Shot. I loved yep. all that stuff about it. It was great. It was my favorite thing to watch as a kid. The game is horrible, though. Now it's not even oh, a yeah. game. It's, a, it's, that, it's that tournament they do with all the divisions and everything, right? That is horrible. It was never really a game, no. if we're being honest. But, but hey, it was fun when there were three Sabres there. Yes. That was my shining <laughs> moment, 2007, with Brian Campbell, Danny Briere, and Ryan Miller. It was the best. Sal Capaccio with you here on the Extra Point Show today. Sneaky Joe, he uh, he was in all morning solo, so he's he 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 deserves a couple hours away here. So it's just you and me today. So let's treat it like it's just you and me, and 
Let's do what we do on a, a normal kind of Buffalo football Monday after a reaction show. I'm I'm curious of your thoughts at 803-0550 on the moves the Bills made in the coaching, you know, coordinator situation. And now we know Joe Brady is going to be the full-time offensive coordinator and Bobby Babich is going to be the defensive coordinator. And kind of where you are on those guys and what you think about, you know, what the Bills need to do, if anything, in either of those philosophical areas, schematical areas, anything like that, if you'd like to give a call. But just the roster in general, there needs to be some sort of turnover here, right? And I'm looking at it, really, what I was started thinking about yesterday was, Joe Brady's walking into a much different situation than Bobby Babbage. Let me lay it out what I mean. And let's let's be honest, we don't know. Bobby Babbage is still he's it's gonna be Sean McDermott's philosophy on defense. I know people say it's also his philosophy on offense. I mean, not really. It's gonna be Joe Brady's offense, and maybe that's part of Ken Dorsey's offense, which is part of Brian Dable's offense. I don't know what else to tell you. We heard from Sean McDermott at the end of the year in the postseason press conference that, you know, he's he's a Pass first, throw to win guy. So I, I, I can't get on board with anybody who says, well, it's going to be, he's a yes man, he's going to run the ball. That's not true. It's going to be his offense, and sure, you're going to still have directives from the head coach in some way, shape, or form. Every coordinator would. But they are walking into different situations personnel-wise. And what I mean is, on the offensive side, really, everyone is coming back, except maybe Gabe Davis. I mean, maybe not Ty Johnson, but I mean starters. I mean quality contributors, right? Folks, this offense is not going to change personnel-wise, which is part of the reason I think that they wanted to immediately get right back to Joe Brady as the offensive coordinator. Meaning, hey, we got this offense. He's worked with it. Let's just go. We we don't want to stop and reset. They don't have to do that personnel-wise. You look at the free agents, the pending free agents in offense, and sure, could they wind up releasing somebody else, making a couple moves here or there. For sure, there's no doubt about it. But, I mean, if you actually look at the offense and the contracts that are up and the people who are coming back, it's not going to change much. They're going to add some parts. There's going to be some competition. You're going to get a Justin Shorter who's going to get maybe a bigger role, a chance to make a dent. You're going to get an Andy Isabella who's coming back to camp on a – you know, a futures deal along with K.J. Hamler. And yes, Gabe Davis is probably the biggest, it's the biggest name on offense for sure, of a guy who might not be around anymore. But if you go, I, I tweet out always at Sal Sports. I always say tweet out. I think it's still Twitter to me. Twitter, X, whatever, Sal Sports. And I, I put the Bills roster up all the time, right? Which is, you know, who's a free agent, who's not. The Bills have one equal rights free agent. That's Quentin Morris. So he's colored orange. That just means they have to offer him a minimum salary contract. They can bring him back. So I expect that to happen. But if you look at the free agents on offense, quarterback, a backup, Kyle Allen. Running back, backup, backups, Ty Johnson, Latavius Murray, Damian Harris. And honestly, Ty Johnson's the only one there I'm even interested in necessarily bringing back. I mean, heck, Naeem Himes is still under contract. Hines. Fullback, Reggie Gilliam, still under contract. Wide receivers, still under, <coughs> excuse me, still under contract. Stephon Diggs, Khalil Shakir, Deontay Hardy, Justin Shorter. Okay, Gabe Davis and Trent Shurfield aren't. Then after that, folks, it's just David Edwards on the offensive line. That's amazing. Every other offensive lineman is under contract. The Bills have uh, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 
And then you have Richard Garage and Ke- they have 12, 12 guys under contract on the offensive line. One not David Edwards. And you could probably just get David Edwards back on a you know one year deal, I would think, pretty cheap. So what I'm saying is Joe Brady's walking into an offense that he knows who's gonna be there. And yeah, he's gonna they're gonna tweak some parts, they're gonna add some here or there. There's gonna be 90 players overall. So you're gonna bring people into the organization. But that's a far different situation than what's happening on the defensive side. Now, on the defensive side, I mean, I just talked about having, let me count this again. Hold on. Offensive lineman right now, under contract right now for the Bills' offensive line. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. One of those, one of those guys is a pending free agent, David Edwards. Look at the defensive line. 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14 guys currently under contract. Eight of them pending free agents. Only six actually are going to be a part of the team, you know, officially as we know, in a couple of months. Von Miller, Greg Rousseau, Kingsley, Jonathan, Ed Oliver, and then Cameron Klein and Ilianku, who they signed to Futures deals. That's it. The rest of them, Leonard Floyd, A.J. Epinesa, Shaq Lawson, Daquan Jones, Jordan Phillips, Tim Settle, Laval Joseph, and Puna Ford, all pending free agents. Linebacker. I mean, this might be, and you think about keeping Bobby Babich on and what he's done with the linebackers, this might be the most important part and aspect of the team if you by getting Matt Milano back and what that could mean. I, I, I sit there and think about sometimes Milano and Bernard in a full season of them together. We, all, we got robbed of that. We had four games. And Bernard really hadn't ascended to what he became throughout the year. He was still he was doing really well. Remember the game in Washington? He was phenomenal. He had the interception and the forced fumble and the fumble recovery. I think it was all that. I mean, so he was on track. But as the season went on, we really got to see what Bernard could do. And now you pair him next year with a healthy Matt Milano. Boy, I think that this linebacking core can be so good with those two. And look, you still have Dorian Williams, who I think showed a lot of promise. Plays hard, plays fast. Balen Specter, who actually started in a playoff game against the Pittsburgh Steelers and then unfortunately got hurt. Like he's on the right track. You can get Tyrell Dodson back if you want. Not sure if he, they're going to do that. They're going to want to do that. But sure, you can bring all those guys back. Cornerback, Tredavious White, obviously the question mark with um, you know his health. But you're pretty good there. Dean Jackson's the only free agent. And then at safety, there's got to be some roster surgery. We want to go back to that term. Remember that from hockey a few years ago? Roster surgery. At safety. Poyer, Hyde, not sure what's going to happen with them. Hyde's contract is up, Poyer's isn't. Rapp and Lewis, both contracts are up. So my point is here, when you go into this offseason and you think about the different things ahead for the offense and for the defense, they are facing vastly different situations. Joe Brady, who has the keys to the offense, he's the coordinator, he's the full-time guy now, he's pretty much got everybody back. And, and that, at least, if not excite. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's me, and at least doesn't allow me to get to panic mode, where 
through the last few years, they've had a lot more turnover there, especially on the line. And, you know, they do have to add at wide receiver. We know that. But what's going to happen? Running back, you know, Devin Singletary and his, you know, he leaves. You knew James Cook was going to be there, but what would he be? But what they did last year, the group they have, yes, they need more explosive plays. I feel really good about the fact that Joe Brady is still going to have pretty much all his guys intact, and then they're going to add some to it. On the defensive side, though, Bobby Babich, yes, Sean McDermott's defense takes over, and there's going to be a lot of decisions. There's got to be a lot of decisions, and you may be looking at turnover, or maybe you get Daquan Jones back at a you know a, a reasonable price, which I think is very possible, by the way. And Jordan Phillips and Tim Settle and Linval Joseph or Puna Ford, maybe those guys you bring them back on you know shorter deals, not that expensive. Puna Ford was still a free agent. Really deep. So was Linval Joseph. They got those guys late. So was Leonard Floyd, who was earlier, you know, he was in the offseason, but he was a free agent still late. So you can pick up guys like that. And I always say, for anybody who thinks, well, how are they going to keep Shaq Lawson? Or how are they going to keep Jordan Phillips? If By the way, didn't George Phillips talk about maybe possibly even retiring? But let's just say he wants to play. I always remind everybody, just remember this, all right? If you don't bring those guys back, you're going to bring back somebody just like them. I mean, that's what happens when you get to the depth in the bottom of the roster. You're not paying everybody. I mean, unless you get a team that says, oh my God, I got to go out and pay Shaq Lawson all this money to bring him in. I got to pay Tim Settle all this money to bring him in. That's really not going to happen. Now, the Bills did that a couple years ago. Tim Settle didn't really work out. Maybe another team does for a guy like that. But really, Jordan Phillips is a great example of this. Shaq Lawson and Jordan Phillips, to me, are very good examples of this, which is, no team is going to be offering them some substantial amount of contract that you're just going to say, oh, my God, we can't match that, and goodbye. They might have opportunities to have one-year minimum deals elsewhere and feel like it's a better situation, but you know what else? The Bills can probably just do that and bring it back. And if not, you know what else? You know what they're going to do? Bring back guys just like them on one-year deals, minimum deals, to come back and be to, to be a part of a depth group and rotational piece. So I, I think about Bobby Babich coming in, and I, I know he's not going to be changing the scheme. Let's just say, let's just even say he's going to call plays, which we don't know yet. I He's not going to change over the scheme dramatically. He's been in this scheme, which has been very, very good, by the way, that he helped produce three All-Pros over the last four years, Hyde, Poyer, and Milano. He's not going to be changing a whole bunch of stuff with the scheme. Personnel-wise, though, there's going to have to be some changes. There's going to have to be some decisions made. So, kind of just throwing it out there, nothing even specific to you today. If you'd like to join me, open phone lines right now at 803-0550. Is there anything you'd like to see changed, really, on your know, personnel-wise on the offensive or defensive side? And I mean, other than, yes, they need more wide receivers. We know that. They need explosive players. We know that. They know that. They've said that. Right now, the Senior Bowl is going on, right? We're all paying attention to the wide receivers who are out there. And every day, it's a different flair. It's a different guy. It's an explosive guy here. It's a shorter guy there, a bigger guy there, a taller guy here, faster guy, whatever it is. There's going to be a receiver available to them at 28. There's going to be a receiver available to them who might they might want to move up for, like they have the last couple of years in, in the first round, like Dalton Kincaid, James Cook, and what they've done to kind of move around the board. There, there's going to be receivers. There's going to be receivers late. I'm an advocate for tr- making for not, for um, drafting a, a couple of them. Joe and I did the exercise yesterday under Brandon Bean. 
The Bills have actually done that. They've actually drafted two wide receivers, multiple receivers, twice. So it's not foreign. It's not like they wouldn't do it. But I think the issue has been, with a lot of you would say, they just haven't done it early enough. You know, like we had CJ call the other day, and CJ calls a lot, and he said, you know, they haven't drafted for offense. But they have. But, you know, we got to the point where what he meant was they haven't drafted wide receivers high enough. They did draft Dalton Kincaid, who's a pass catcher. They did draft James Cook, who is a pass-catching running back. He's more of a running back, but he can be a pass-catcher. Now you need now you need to go attack wide receiver. And when Sean McDermott talks about player acquisition when it comes to that, that's when I really get the wheels spinning, right? What does that look like? Is that a trade? You got to take the contract if you take the trade, right? Or, I mean, you don't have to take all the contract. There's obviously things that you can do with another team. Is it a free agent? I I just don't know. I mean, there are going to be some free agents out there. Hollywood Brown's been mentioned. Is that something that fits? How much are you paying him? I don't think you have to give him a ton of money. He's been on a couple different teams. He's had a couple of injuries. Nothing that I'd be too overly concerned about right now. Calvin Ridley is going to be. You saw what Calvin Ridley did against you. I think T. Higgins will be too much out of their price range. Michael Pittman Jr. is going to be too much out of their price range. To me, you can't go get these guys. Can you bring in a guy like Darnell Mooney? Maybe that kind of guy. How about K.J. Osborne, who played his college ball right here at Buffalo before he transferred to Miami? Guy like that. How about Kendrick Bourne? I mean, these are the kinds of guys you're probably looking at. There's also a thought that if you're going to get that guy, why not just resign Gabe Davis? Well, because I think Gabe Davis is going to get a bigger contract than people realize. Somebody's going to pay Gabe Davis more than what a lot of people listening think he's deserving and is worth. And that's why I think it's going to be hard to keep him. For Gabe Davis to stay in Buffalo, I think he's going to have to take a lesser, to me, the way I read it, he's going to have to take a lesser deal than what will be offered to him elsewhere. And he does love Buffalo and he'd love to stay here, but that's a tough ask for anybody in that type of, you you might only get one chance to really get paid, right? And if he has that chance, then good luck to him and great. And you, you, that I, I'm an advocate for that. And you support people and encourage people go out and do your best in life. And you know, you have an opportunity by all means. And if that's the case, then Gabe Davis should take that. And I don't think the bills are going to have an opportunity or the wherewithal actually to be able to keep Gabe Davis based on what I think he might get out there. It does remind me a little, little bit of Tremaine Edmonds last year. We got to this point last year and there were a lot of people wondering, you know, oh, you know, Tremaine Edmonds, what's he going to get in the open market? Could he come back to the Bills? And I always felt, no, there's some team. Some team is going to see his age, his ranginess, and they're going to go, look, he's going to fit perfectly for us. We're going to have him as our cornerstone middle linebacker for quite a while. And sure enough, that's what happened with the Chicago Bears. And in fact, it was right around this time. It was combine week last week, or last year. It was combine week last year when we started to hear a lot of rumblings that Tremaine Edmonds was going to really get paid and be the top-paid linebacker on the market. I think it wound up like that. I think, Josh, if I remember right, Tremaine Edmonds did get like the most money of any free agent. They did sign Edwards as well, but I think Edmonds got paid more than anybody last year. If that's right. Yeah, I think I remember seeing that as like a headline, like towards the end of the summer of like, oh, free agency wrapped up, and here's the yeah. I think I think he did, and I, I I'm not predicting Gabe Davis is going to get like the most money. Of any wide receiver? Who is that? Is that Pittman? Is that Mike Evans? We talking about Mike Evans. I don't know. Can you afford that? 
I don't think that's going to happen with Gabe Davis, but I do think he's going to be in the upper tier of guys when it's all said and done, and that's going to be tough. And it, to me, it's just like Tremaine Edmonds. And you just couldn't afford it, and it wasn't going to be something you're interested in. So they, you know, had to let him walk, essentially. And it worked out okay, right, Terrell Bernard? But that's what the Gabe Davis situation reminds me of, which is it only takes one team. It might even be more than one team, obviously. But it only takes one team. All right, today on the Extra Point Show, at 11.05, we will get with Dan Dunleavy. Dan, of course, the play-by-play man of the Buffalo Sabres. It is the Sabres and NHL All-Star break. We'll kind of reset the landscape for the Sabres, what to look ahead to, um, where they are right now. Kind of, it's a, it's a tough spot, right? I mean, what's the goal now? What's the aim? I, I, I know that they would love to still get back in the race to make the playoffs, but it just seems way too far-fetched. But we'll get you know, Dan's thoughts on that and where they stand and what they need to do over the next couple months before the trade deadline, before the end of the season, how everything shakes out, Jack Quinn's injury, what to do about that. So we'll get with Dan. We'll check in on the Sabres at the top of the next hour. Before that, though, at about 20 minutes from now, 1045, I really invite everybody to listen in and especially guys, no offense, ladies, but guys, because we're going to talk with guys getting screened and for cancer and colonoscopies. Yes, we're going to do that with Dr. Brian Betts from Roswell. Just going to spend five minutes with him on why it's so important. It's super important. You keep hearing all of us talk about it, the men of WGR right here on the radio station. You've heard commercials about it. You've heard us talking about it. And we're going to have Brian Betts on here for just a few minutes just to kind of remind everybody why that's super important before we get to uh, Dan Dunleavy at the at the top of the next hour. So uh, Dr. Betts is going to be here in studio with me, and we're going to actually stream that on our Facebook page. So we'll actually have a little... Facebook going on today. Facebook Live. It'll be uh, at our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash WGR550. All right, let's go to the phone lines right now. Let's get connected with our fans. Let's go to Tom in Amherst. Hi, Tom. You're on WGR. What's going on? Hey, thanks for taking my call, guys. Um, yeah. I was just wondering because the pass rush came out in the beginning of the season pretty good. But then once Daquan Jones and Milano went down, our pass rush you know, uh, wasn't as good. So what my question is, is, do you think with Milano and Daquan Jones healthy, we, we won't need to beef up our uh, pass rush for next year? Well, I don't know. I think it was pretty good all year, actually. The pass rush was very good all year. Leonard Floyd was obviously a terrific guy. I think what, yeah, what yeah, you yeah. did, but, but, but your point is right, I think, on how you had to change the scheme a little bit. Once you lost Jones and you lost Milano, and obviously you lost Tredavious White, I do think at times, yeah. at times they had to be a little bit more aggressive. I think the ultimate situation would be, Tom, you'd love to put pressure on the quarterback with your front four and allow everybody else to kind of play, right? So I don't know if that was necessarily what they had. I think what the, what hurt them more than anything when Milano got hurt and when uh, Jones got hurt, but especially Milano, was really kind of their coverage at the second level. Milano wasn't there. And, yeah, you can make up for that by having a little better pass rush. There's no doubt about that. But that's the thing. So, yeah, I do agree that, you know, getting these guys healthy. I, I'll tell you, Tom, I just think, I, I don't know, it's hard to quantify. It's hard to say this for sure. I keep thinking if they had Matt Milano healthy, even against the Chiefs, that might be a totally different game. Look at how they beat the Bills at the second level yeah. with a guy like A.J. Klein running around and trying to catch up with Travis Kelsey. 
Right, I agree. Uh, that's what lost us the game. But we had no pressure on Mahomes at all. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And you know, it's not. It's not Tom that Milano is a pass rushing linebacker. He's not. He can blitz once in a while. It's what he can do athletically to allow other people to get home because he's covering the middle of the field. He's covering the second level. He can be a matchup guy, even on tight ends, and he's done a good job of that over the years, right? So that's really what it is. It's, hey, if I can have a guy, if I can have another guy in coverage covering the middle of the field, and I don't have an option, I'm Patrick Mahomes, now I go to my second option or third option, bam, here comes the pass rush. So from that standpoint, yeah, I keep thinking about Milano and Bernard and what they can be together. And by the way, they're going to be together for the next couple of years at least. I mean, Milano signed his extension last year, which puts him in Buffalo for four more years. Now three more still. He's still got three more years left in his deal. And Bernard's still on his rookie contract, which doesn't expire until after the 2025 season. So if you want to think of something really cool, these are guys that won't even be at 30 years old yet. Obviously, Milano a little bit older than um, than Bernard. What is, is Milano? Let me just look at Matt Milano's age right now because I think he could have been thirty. I think he's going to be thirty soon. He's twenty nine right now, right? So, yeah, he's twenty nine right now. Twenty nine. He'll be thirty this off season. But man, I, I don't think anybody's worried about Matt Milano at thirty years old, right? He's still look at what Fred Warner's doing at his age and playing at that high level. But Milano too, even though he's coming off the injury, it's a kind of injury where a broken bone. He only played four games last year, essentially. He's going to have a pretty fresh body, I think, right? And that'll keep some off Bernard, too. So I'm just really excited about what these guys can do going forward and what their linebacking core can look like. 803-0550, if you want to jump on board, do you have any comments, questions about what the Bills have done at coach at their uh, coordinator positions? But there are a couple other, still several other questions to be answered now from the domino effect of... Bobby Babich as DC, and Joe Brady as OC. So let's talk about that when we come back. I'll get to that here on the Extra Point Show on WGR.